0: hello and welcome to the light from light podcast you're here with me brother Thomas Therese and as ever me Daniel how are you doing
1: I'm well thank you yes welcome back
0: thank you very much back from I've had a lovely break with brother Giovanni in Sicily and brother Erasmo and uh, Giovanni's family so that was lovely but before that I spent uh, seven weeks in Jamaica in uh, mm. one of our one of our Commonwealth countries, uh, <laughs> I say Commonwealth because of the nature of today's
1: episode. Um, yeah, our episode is on is on the Queen. Our episode yeah. is going to be on the the Queen Queen Elizabeth II. But yeah, how was your time in Jamaica? Oh yeah, no, it
0: was very good. I spent a lot of time preaching and spending time with people and getting to know the place and things one of the things that is obviously very useful for is to get to understand the culture because the english province order of preachers also looks after uh scotland and jamaica and grenada and because jamaica and grenada are obviously so far away it's not often that brothers get the chance to go out to jamaica and grenada it's expensive so it's very good to see another part, part of, the pro- of the province. Exactly, it's and part of the province and it's part of the province where you have perhaps less experience or just because it's so far away and expensive to get there. So I was very fortunate to be able to go and to uh, stay with the brothers in uh, Jamaica. I didn't get get a chance to go to, to Grenada. Um, but yeah, to see another another aspect of the
1: province where we're doing fantastic, uh, fantastic work. Yeah, you were telling me some of the work and it sounds very interesting mm. that, they're doing there, but what about the work that you were doing? Because obviously you were ordained a deacon just before you I left. I was indeed. Just before you left to go to Jamaica, uh, I, I think did you leave only like five or six days after you were ordained? It was. I very... it might have
0: even been less than that, to be honest.
1: Oh I mean, no, yeah, it was. It was five days later. Five days. I was ordained on the tenth of July, and then on the fifteenth, I was I was in, in Jamaica. You were flying out to Jamaica, and so you could baptize, preach the gospel, yeah. uh, lead funerals. Uh-huh. Did you manage to do all of
0: that? Um, I didn't manage to do all of that, uh, no. There was, in my last week, there were a group of um, young uh, single mothers uh, who'd come from a... There, there's something over there called the mustard seed communities, um, mm. and very often there are young women in there um, with uh, children. They'll either have been told to go there by the state or they won't have anywhere else to go. Um and 20 of them came to Mass in the morning. And so I was wondering, am I going to have to baptise 20 babies next week? Um, but no, no, um, sadly, I didn't, I didn't get that, that, that great. So you didn't manage to... I, I mean, didn't, have, was, I to didn't have any baptisms. No, 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 I didn't do any baptisms over there. I did um, uh, preach at my first funeral. It was a 25-year-old uh, man who died of kidney failure. He'd had kidney failure since he was like six years old or something. Um, and the doctors thought he wouldn't live for a year. And he ended up living 24 more years. So pray for him. His name was Kwame. Um, God rest him.
1: And yeah. Uh, yeah. So Did that you preach at any of the funerals? Or just that ones? was
0: the only one that I preached at. There were other funerals that I was at and I and, I, and I deaconed at. There, there was somebody who was one of the first ever graduates from the University of the West Indies. There was somebody else, I think, uh, Ambassador Roberts, who was jamaican ambassador to the united kingdom for a while mm. um but uh yeah i mean most of of what i did sort of liturgically and things was preaching i preached every day except wednesdays I and mean, were some wednesdays when i when i preached <laughs> anyway um so i got a lot of a lot of experience preaching uh i managed to follow around one of our one of our uh priests out there um father clifton harry's uh Clifton Harris, he's he's very very impressive, very impressive man, mm. and there, I think there are a lot of people who owe a lot to to his service. And he he take me saying it, but um, I, I I would go as far as to say that that he
1: saves lives, yeah, and wow. souls, saves lives and souls, yeah. So please pray impressive. for him and the mission now as well. Though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, this prayers.
0: is the interesting thing when people think about about the English province of the Order of Preachers. Very often they'll think about Oxford and they'll think about. Um, the academic life mm. and it's true that is an aspect of our mission but we also run parishes prison chaplaincies university chaplaincies and we do do a lot of social justice and one of the things that i saw and got to see really up close um in in uh, jamaica was the just the extent of the social justice outreach of, of the english province of the order of preachers and i loved it it, it was it was wonderful. It was really so wonderful. it
1: fed you a great deal then in your... It did, yeah, design. yeah,
0: absolutely, yeah. Uh, it, was, it was a very enriching and a very nourishing experience. Very challenging, very mm, challenging. Absolutely. But um, yeah, I, I received a lot from the from the community there and, and the time that I, that I got to spend there with them, yeah. So I'm you
1: were ordained a deacon, which is a seismic thing, really, in your life and your vocation, mm. but yeah, also yeah. another seismic thing that's happened in in England, is the, the death of the Queen, Queen Elizabeth mm, II. Okay. It's, the, it, it's the, the, the first death of a monarchy that we've had in our lives, as, as uh, well, coming from England, in 70 years since well, the last yeah. death of a, of a royal, obviously. So it's quite a seismic difference. Well, we,
0: we've had deaths of royals. We've had the Queen of oh, yeah, so, and yeah, really. But the first death of a monarch, monarch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the
1: reigning of monarchs, so it's, it's a huge thing. I mean, yeah. We haven't had that experience before. Um, but so we wanted to focus our episode on that. It's interesting, actually, you were talking about, you know, you think about being a deacon and there are obviously similarities between what a deacon does and what the queen does because a deacon is there to serve yeah. and so too is the, is the monarch is there to, to serve. That's to a support.
0: really good point. I hadn't actually thought about it like that before, you know. There yeah. was um, uh, Robert Christian, who is an auxiliary bishop of San Francisco, who... Uh, I met when I was in the states. Very kind man. God rest his soul. Um, and he used to ask it. He used to a lecture in the Angelicum in Rome, and he used to say, "Why is it that uh, a coronation is not a sacrament?" If you and if you look at it, I mean, it does seem to suggest that a character is bestowed. It does seem to suggest that grace is given for this particular vocation of the of the monarch, either the king or the queen. Uh, there is oil. Uh, there were the, the giving of insignia, um, like, for example, a priest will be given a pattern and a chalice, uh, uh, his hands will be anointed with oil and things, the monarch will be anointed with with uh, oil and will receive uh, insignia. Um, so it, 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 I said to him, well, what, what, why isn't it a sacrament then? And the only thing that he could come up with uh, as a theologian was because the church doesn't say it's a sacrament. Mm. Um, so I, I thought that was actually a, a very interesting, a very interesting uh, thing. But yeah, seeing seeing a similarity between the diaconate and 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 um, coronation and kingship, queenship is really, I think, very interesting because when you think about what sort of king is Jesus Christ, he's a servant king, isn't he? Yeah. You know? What
1: do you think when he ordains the? The apostles in the upper room, when he's ordaining them, he gives them a an example of how to serve. He washes their feet, mm-hmm. he says to, "This is an example to them of how to be be priests." Yeah, and I suppose that that's the example really that is has been so attractive about the the Queen's monarchy, her reign has been that she's. She's tried to exemplify that service. Service, Yeah, mm. mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. Dutiful service. I think that you're absolutely right. I think that's the, the reason why for so many people she's held in such high regard. I think part of it is stability that she's been there so long
1: mm.
0: I amidst mean, the changing world. I think part of it is also that sense of duty and loyalty to service. At the very beginning of her reign when she came to the throne, she said that, I declare... I think it was Declare, she said, I declare to you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be dedicated to your service. What's also less well-known is the next part of that quote, where she says, God help me to make good my vow, and God bless you all who are willing to share it. Um, So again, she's asking God for the grace to be a good monarch. She realises that this vocation that she's been given is not about herself it's ordered towards somebody else. And you see something like this come through in our Christmas messages as well, when uh, you almost have this Dickensian sort of, you know, Fred Fred's nephew, Scrooge, in uh, one of my favorite favorite quotes from A Christmas Carol, he says that uh, Christmas is that one time of the year when people open their shut up hearts freely and recognize others as a fellow passenger to the grave. And though it is neither put gold nor silver in my pocket, I say, God bless it. And the Queen says actually something very similar, mm. that Christmas is not a time for self-indulgence, which is very often actually now. I mean, if you look at Christmas, I mean, it's the time when actually you get what you want, isn't it? You know? And um, most of the time when people think about what they want for Christmas, they don't think about Jesus. They think about other material goods that they want to put at the centre of their life instead. Um, but she says, you know, Christmas is not primarily a time for self-indulgence, but actually self-gift, whereby you see others who are perhaps not as fortunate as yourself and you find a way to serve them, to give something of yourself uh, to another, to uh, go beyond the prison of your ego that sort of shackles you, uh, uh, that shackles you down, um, and to reach out to others. So then you have yeah you have this different understanding of what life is about that is rooted in the gospel and her relationship with jesus christ and she thinks that these things have a very practical application because she thinks that this brings reconciliation between people and she thinks Mm. this brings peace so she talks very often as as, uh christ or the messiah as the prince of peace um So then it has a very real practical application for her vocation as head of state as monarch to bring peace to the nation and, and uh, to the world through faithful
1: discipleship through through love essentially yeah, I, th- I think her her reign I think one of the marks of her reign is that she sees it as a vocation though it 's not. Although it's something that she's born into if you like well as when she was born, she wasn't going to be uh, heir at that time of mm-hmm. all the history of that but it's it's something that she sees from from God as a vocation invitation to share in her discipleship of yeah. of christ uh, and that's something that she talks about very often yeah um through she spoke verses. about destiny and mm.
0: she she said that you know I suppose you know. This is a sort of destiny. She used the word destiny before, but another word that she could have used from her Christian lexicon would be providence. You know, in God's providence, uh, she has uh, ascended to to the throne. And you're absolutely right. She saw it as a calling from God to serve. This is the way that Christ would call her to serve him, to love God and to love her neighbour, in a way which is unique for for um, for the world, and it's interesting, isn't it? You know, when people talk about the Queen, mm. you know, there are there are plenty of a queens right. in the world, right? Mm. Uh, but when people talk about the Queen, they they th- they're thinking of the Queen of England, partly
1: because she's been here so long. Who, who said that? Uh, I think it was uh, Macron in the last uh, week. I think Macron said that. But there are there are many monarchs in in the world. But when we think of the Queen, we think of the, the Queen of yeah yeah. Queen Elizabeth. I think, I think that was Macron that said oh, that. Oh, interesting. It, but it is, yeah, there you are. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe
0: I'll become the next president of France. <laughs> well, I can't now, being a cleric and barred from public office by canon law. But,
1: but it, it is an interesting point that people across the world, mm. uh, whether they be monarchists or... or republicans. Or republicans, yeah. yeah. You know, whatever, whatever they may be, they look to the Queen and see traits uh, that, mark her life that are appealing and attractive and yeah. ones that we can imitate as, as well. Yeah, And I, I think, I, I would go as far as to say that's because they they mirror the life of Christ. Yeah, I think, like for, for one example, when you look at her life, she's obviously been reigning on, on the throne for a long time, mm-hmm. 70 years, and in that time uh, she's, she's experienced a huge amount of change in in the world Mm -hmm. you think 70 years is a huge amount of change and a lot of ups and downs and turmoil even in her personal life when you think Mm. of her her mother her sister uh, what's happened with her children her grandchildren there's been a huge amount of change and in that you see uh, a great stability and peace in her and I think that comes from really from her relationship with with Christ and and it really it, it sort of imitates the life of Christ I remember uh, listening to a reflection on blind Bartimaeus, the calling of Bartimaeus, and the calling of Bartimaeus by Christ. And what you, you find in that account, it's in Mark's Gospel, you have this great crowd gathering around, and as uh, Jesus is, is moving, everyone is following him, and Bartimaeus is by the side of the road, and he's blind, he can't see what's going on, but he's heard Jesus is there, and he cries out, you know, son of David, have mercy on me, mm-hmm. too, which is interesting of a monarch term, you know, son of David, the, the king. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Bartimaeus cries out, like, uh, cries out loudly, and Jesus hears him. And, and it says very interestingly in the Gospel, it says that Jesus stopped, and he called Bartimaeus. So you, you can imagine the scene. Everyone is moving, there's so much noise, and Jesus stops. And in this reflection, it says that, Jesus is the still point. He's the one where you you have this this foundation. You know, there's there's this uh, anchor, really. Hebrews talks about God make make God your anchor in your life. And I think that uh, that's something that comes across really with the life of of Queen Elizabeth II is that there is this stillness and stability, which I think. Um, and the this, this sort of peace in life, which I think comes from, from Christ. That's where she draws her strength from. So although everything is changing around her, uh, there is this, this still point that she finds rooted in the relationship with Christ. I think the, there's a quote from T.S. Uh, Eliot, um, which in one of his poems, he talks about the still point of a turning world. And I mean, there's much debate about what he means by that. But I think that phrase encapsulates really what, what Christ is. Mm-hmm. You know, this world that changes so much, even within 70 years, changes so much I the think still point is Christ. Y-
0: you're spot on. There's actually a quote from The Queen in 2002 that, that I I've just oh, managed George. to pull up while you're talking about it. I know just how much I rely on my faith to guide me through the good times and the bad. Each day is a new beginning. I know that the only way to live my life is to try to do what is right, to take the long view, to give of my best in all that the day brings, and to put my trust in God. And I, I think you're right. I think this is exactly why she manages to find stability in the midst of so much turmoil. And um, I mean, part of her wisdom comes from the fact that she's seen so many things come and go. She's seen so many crises, and then she's seen off the crises, and you know, and yet you know, things still remain. Um, and so she manages to, to provide that sort of stability, but fundamentally it's rooted in trust, trust in the providence of
1: God, yeah. in, in faith. Yeah, What well, the letter of Hebrews, I'll just quote in that. It's uh, Hebrews chapter 6 verse 19 says, Jesus is the anchor of my soul. Mm-hmm. I think that that's probably one of the things that marks the, the queen's life, mm. that's where she finds she found her own mm. personal stability. And
0: recognising as well that she has personal, personal accountability and responsibility mm. before God for the gifts that he has entrusted with her. I think she sees her vocation to be Queen of England uh, and the, and the, and the, the, the Commonwealth, Head of State of the Commonwealth and whatnot. I think she sees that as a vocation given to her by God for a particular time Either, let, let's say, for example, states choose to leave the Commonwealth, for example. Well, then in God's providence, she ceases to be, to be head of state. And I think she, that she has a certain sort of um, pensiveness to this or, 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 or she's able to sort of uh, accept these things. Some people think, oh, she must be really worried that people want to sort of leave the Commonwealth. I think she likes the Commonwealth, obviously, and she wants to support the Commonwealth because she sees it as a way of serving those people. Uh, not because she thinks that, oh, it gives me extra sort of titles or anything. Um, Here's something that she said in, um, in 2000. To many of us, our beliefs are of fundamental importance. For me, the teachings of Christ and my own personal accountability before God provide a framework in which I try to lead my life. I, like so many of you, have drawn great comfort in difficult times from Christ's words and examples. So here, this sort of personal accountability before God, I think also then shapes and guides her life and how she understands her vocation. She understands, I think how she understands her life is that she has been asked to give this definite service, which is so peculiar, so peculiar. She's been asked to serve in this very particular and unique way, and she will be held accountable for how she does that. And I think this is where a lot of her asceticism comes from. You know, I remember in the papers years ago, it said the Queen doesn't, you know, put the fire on. She has an electric fire and she eats her dinner out of a plastic Tupperware, or breakfast out of a really? Tupperware box watching TV. Yeah, yeah. And wow. I think this is because she realises it. she's personally accountable. And in that way, actually, you see how, even though she she has all of these sort of grand palaces and all the rest of it i don't actually think she really thinks that she owns them i think she sort of understands these as being owned by the people which she is allowed to inhabit as the servant and representative of the people mm. um, and this is what i think why she incorporates as the catechism says that virtue or the evangelical council of poverty chastity and obedience poverty in this sense you know she she eats her dinner in front of the tv uh, uh, you know, um, uh, or eats breakfast out of a plastic Tupperware box by an electric fire. You know that sort of thing. Trying to live those, um, trying to live the gospel in imitation of Christ, and in, in terms of obedience, for example. Her obedience to the call of Christ and fidelity to the vocation that he has given her in service of her people, so she's still even you know the week that she died, you know meeting people meeting the the, the new prime minister the the day or two before she died um that she saw this as a way see this is it isn't it you know too often in today's society forever. Promising to love and to serve somebody forever as she did with suspicion. She promised 70 years ago that she would love and serve her people with fidelity. And she kept her promise mm. 70 years on. She puts to flight all of these cynical uh, things about how it's impossible to, to, to do these things. And she shows us that loyalty, that service, that duty, far from, from being Cold and clinical things are actually expressions of love. Love is not primarily just about what you want or what you desire or the heat of passion. Love is a is a a free act of the will and a conscious choice sometimes actually when you're suffering and when it will cost you sacrifices and perhaps there will be times when you want to give up, but love is carrying on anyway. that is still an expression of love hmm. and mirroring then what you see, uh, as Paul says in Romans, you know, even despite our infidelity, God is always faithful. I think that, again, is something else that the queen wants to mirror. God is always uh, faithful to me, she thinks, and so therefore I should do my best to be faithful to him in the vocation that he has called me to and giving witness as a disciple of Jesus Christ to others through love, service, and respect for all, whether they
1: are believers or not. Mm. Um, So we should pray for her. Her is coming up next week as we record this. Pray for her for the repose of her soul uh, before Christ as she meets her her maker and her her redeemer. Um, But are there any last thoughts that we...
0: Well, I mean, it, it wasn't... That's the thing. It's not just for her... Jesus, God, religion is not just a sort of caricature of Kantianism. It's not just uh, about values. It's not just about values. She believed in Jesus Jesus of Nazareth, the uh, that God, the Father, sent his son into the world for the reconciliation of people and for the forgiveness of sins. And she believed that it, through him, it is possible uh, to live a good and, and godly life that Christ showed us the way to the Father not just by his teaching and telling us what to do but by living it so we can see that actually it's possible for human beings to live a life full of love a life that's restored and a life of forgiveness and that love is for everybody mm. and that nobody is beyond love's reach maybe we should let her have, have the last word and give maybe a quote from from her yeah this is what she said in 1947 on her 21st birthday in a radio address i declare before you all that my whole life whether it be long or short shall be devoted to your service and the service of our great family to which we all belong but i shall not have strength to carry out this resolution alone unless you join it with me as i now invite you to do i know that your support will be unfailingly given god help me to make good my vow And God bless all of you who are willing to share it.